and welcome to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. I'm Jen Setrauer, and this is a podcast all about navigating life in your 20s. Here we have a lot of fun as we discuss what it's like to follow God into the somewhat daunting phase of life called adulthood. I have by no means mastered the sacred art of adulting, but I have plenty of wisdom and funny stories to share about how I have stumbled through this phase of my life. You're listening to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. Class is now in session. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today um, is Jen's Guide to Quiet Time. No, I have not skipped all the way to one of the later segments of this episode, but today's episode is actually all about quiet time, simple devotion, time set aside between you and God. So before we dive into all of that, I'd love to talk about what I am loving this week. So as I said last time, what I'm loving has been cinnamon rolls, pretending that it's fall, and all that good stuff. And what comes with that is coffee. I am a diehard coffee person, and I don't know whether to blame my mom or the fact that I've been watching Gilmore Girls every year since I was like eight or nine. But I love coffee. And I love fall coffee. No, I'm I'm not. I don't live anywhere near Starbucks, so I'm not like a pumpkin spice latte every day kind of person. But when fall comes, I like to add some some element of spice to my coffee drinking experience. So what I've been doing lately is I have been making a pour over every morning, um, and in my pour over, I add a little bit of. Um, pumpkin spices. So pumpkin spice actually has nothing to do with pumpkins. Usually it actually has to do with the spices that you use for pumpkin dishes. So in my pour over, I put cinnamon and nutmeg and ginger and sometimes allspice, which is actually a combination of a lot of those. And I put that in my pour over. And so, um, I don't have any spicy bits floating around in the coffee itself, but all of the flavor is infused in it and then it's delicious. And then I don't have to eat a really unhealthy um, cinnamon roll or pastry snack to get my fall fix, but I've got it in my coffee. So um, that's what I'm loving right now. And I'm just loving transitioning into this next season of life. You know, I've been quarantining for months and now I'm going back to work and going back to teaching at school, um, molding little minds with music. And it's it's very fun <laughs> and it's so enjoyable. And I just love this season of life that God has me in. You know, when you just feel like you're in the right place at the right time, that is exactly how I've been feeling. So today I want to talk about Jen's guide to quiet time. Um, I don't know what you call your time with the Lord, but I call it quiet time, even though sometimes it is not very quiet at all. Um, you know, this, this meeting with the Lord in a day to day way has been something that has changed over the years. It's had its ebbs and its flows, and it's not always exactly the same. Um, 
But especially in like the past six years since I've moved to Hamilton, my time with the Lord um, as often as it can be, and I try to make it every single day, if at all possible, it has been the one thing that I have held on to and um, that has really you know, transformed my life. Like if everything else was taken away from me, but I could still have my quiet time, I'd be okay. And, um, I want to talk about my journey with, um, how my quiet time has changed over the years. But first I'd like to just talk about what quiet time is. Um, so Matthew six, six says, when you pray, go into your room and close the door. And the father, um, the father who sees you there in secret will reward you openly. I might've actually skipped part of that verse, but the father is there in the secret place. You close your door, you're there with just him and you have your quiet time with God. And then your life is filled with the rewards of God. Um, and you don't do it for the reward, but God actually is the reward in many ways. Um, I could spend so much time just unpacking how that scripture has affected my life. But I'd like to say um, one resource that has greatly opened my eyes to the importance of quiet time is a book called Simple Devotion by Micah Wood and Samuel Bentley. When I was in the Ramp School of Ministry um, about six years ago, I read that book and it brought so much clarity to how and why we should meet with the Lord on a daily basis. And it has been super revolutionary in transforming my life with God. I'd also like to quote my very best friend, Michelle McFarland. She co-authored a book with Autumn Dawson, and it's called Everyday Jesus, Cultivating Prayer, Devotion, and Intimacy. And she has a chapter on devotion, and she says it like this. The word devotion stems from a root word in Latin that means to consecrate. If something is consecrated, it is set apart for a specific purpose or person. Consecration is the act of taking something common and making it sacred. When we spend our daily devotional time with God, that time becomes sacred and we become consecrated to Him. As we create a rhythm of devotion to God in our lives, He, trans he transforms us from common, ordinary people and something extraordinary happens. We become like Him. In the place of daily devotion to Jesus, He takes the water of our lives and turns it into new wine of the best kind. I just love that so much. The thing about simple devotion that makes it sacred is the fact that we're just taking our time and dedicating it to God. And God makes it supernatural and explosive. And He fills our life with Himself. And He transforms us. So I'd like to talk about how my um, life of simple devotion has, has kind of transformed in the past six years. 
Um, whenever I first moved to Hamilton six years ago, I, like I said, I was a student in the school of ministry and I lived with a, a lot of roommates. And so in order to have that time with the Lord by myself with nobody else around, I would wake up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning and I would go and sit in our little living room. I'd put in my little earbuds and just turn on some music and, um, just pray for as long as I could without running out of things to pray for. And I would try to stick with this method of um, quiet time that I've heard of. I think it's called the 30 and 30, maybe. And you spend 30 minutes praying and worshiping and 30 minutes in the Word, which was very ambitious um, for me as a young person in my 20s. Because before that, before I had moved here, my quiet times were kind of few and far between, maybe once or twice a week, every now and then. And instead of just having like consistent daily quiet times, I would pretty much just have like very sporadic, um, very over the top quiet times where I'd like pray for two hours or something. Um, and I was just trying to do some really radical time with the Lord instead of just like a consistent daily thing. So um, whenever I moved to Hamilton and I was living in student housing, I would just try to get up before everybody else and have my quiet time. And a lot of times I didn't really even know where to begin. I didn't know what scripture I should be reading. None of it felt particularly like powerful or exciting. Um, I just didn't have the fuzzy feelings of like, God is here in this quiet time and it's awesome. It was kind of like just learning how to pray in those very quiet early morning moments, just learning how to talk to God like he is a person who knows me and loves me and not just as this like mean, stony taskmaster who's expecting like a really stellar quiet time that morning. You know what I mean? So, um, that was my my first year living here. Um, and then in the next few years, I lived with a couple of close friends and I would still get up early in the morning and do my quiet time. Um, but a lot of times, like I said, it would have to be early before anybody woke up so that I wouldn't be distracted or I wouldn't be, you know, um, distracting to them. And it's kind of awkward when you live with people and you're... <laughs> you're communing with the Lord and like somebody walks in on you. It's like so personal. I remember one time um, when I lived with my friends, Emily and Navy, I had gotten up and they were gone that morning. They had gone to a meeting. And so I did my quiet time in the living room and I had out my Bible and I was reading specifically specific scripture and it like moved me to tears and I was just sitting there sobbing on the couch reading the Bible and they just came back into the apartment because they had finished their meeting early and there I was crying in a puddle on the couch and they had just walked in and they realized that they had walked in on my quiet time and it was so uncomfortable and awkward. And I was like, it's fine. I'm sorry. I'm crying. And they're like, it's fine that you're crying. And I'm like, I'm just going to go to my room. I'm sorry. There's just something so like personal about your time with God that sometimes it feels weird if there's anyone else around. So if you're listening and you have a roommate, I totally sympathize with the awkwardness because sometimes it's weird to be walked in on when you are praying. So um, I always try to have my quiet time 
at a time that I'm not going to be distracted or distracting. Um, so in that season of life, sometimes I would just drive. I would take a drive around town and put on worship music and just pray in my car because I knew if I really needed to get something off my chest and I wanted to pray louder than a whisper, I would need to go in my car where I could really just speak my mind and pray my heart. Um, and then, you know, I've transitioned to living alone and now my quiet time, you know, looks a lot different. It kind of changes from season to season. Sometimes I'm really structured and I'm doing a specific reading plan. Um, and sometimes I'm not very structured and I'm just going with the flow. There's times when I, I'm going with the flow and I wish I had a a plan and there's times that I have a plan and I wish I was going with the flow and it's just, you know, it just changes from season to season. But I just think it's important that we find something that works and that we find something that we can stick with. I feel like with the Lord, you know, he's not... Uh, Michelle says in her book, Everyday Jesus, she says that God's not sitting up in heaven with scorecards, um, watching you pray and giving you a perfect 10 if you're amazing. No, he is just there as a loving father who's in the secret place with you. And I think what matters to him more is consistency. The fact that you bother to show up each day rather than having some kind of outstanding prayer that's so amazing and profound and unbelievable. Like, I think the Lord is just looking for obedience and consistency. So today I would like to offer some quiet time tips. So the first one is silence and solitude. Oh man, just saying those words makes me like want to take a deep breath. Silence and solitude. Um, A lot of times when you're praying um, and you're doing your time with the Lord, it can feel awkward to have silence. Um, But sometimes it's actually a spiritual discipline to sit in silence and um, experience solitude with the Lord. Sometimes I like to just sit quietly. And in my mind, I'm not asking the Lord Like, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Or what am I supposed to do now? Or I need you to come into my bedroom right now, God. (laughs) I really need your presence. No, I'm just sitting in the silence waiting on God. Not praying under my breath, but I'm sitting in the silence waiting on God. And sometimes I do that for, you know, a few minutes, maybe like five minutes If I can really, really press in, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes, I hope one day when I'm even more disciplined that I can sit in the silence for like 30 minutes. Uh, We're all on a journey. It's fine. Um, But I sit in the silence and I wait for God. And sometimes I feel his presence or sometimes I feel like I'm hearing the Holy Spirit guide me or I hear a specific scripture that I'm supposed to look up and read. And sometimes it's just nothing. But the discipline of, of just sitting in silence, especially in the day and age which we're living in, when there's so many things, that it's the information age. There's so much information at our fingertips that I could have been during that time of silence been Googling a million scriptures that would be really helpful. But I find that it's a great spiritual discipline to just sit in silence and in solitude and wait on the Lord. The next tip that I have is, it kind of goes along with the silence and solitude. It's this, you don't have to accomplish anything 
and your quiet time. Now for me, my personality type is like, I'm a helper and I'm an achiever. I want to make things happen. Like you need a solution. I will come up with one immediately and we'll get this thing done. In quiet time, it does not have to be this huge thing where you're accomplishing a lot. In fact, I would even say this, this is a a tip that I found. Don't use your quiet time as ministry prep, though it will actually prepare you for ministry. Here's an example of that. Um, I love writing songs. I love it so much, especially songs that overflow from my time with the Lord. Um, a lot of times in my quiet time, especially now that I live alone, I go to my living room where my piano is and I will play um, worship songs or I'll play um, and sing songs that just overflow out of my heart, or I'll sing and I'll pray scripture. And because I want to write and one day record songs that come from that place of overflow with the Lord, I'm tempted to take out my phone and press record every time that I'm with the Lord, because I'm thinking, yes, this is awesome. This is going to be great material for a future ministry endeavor. But time with the Lord you know, it's not a performance thing. I'm not meeting with the Lord and worshiping him so I can get some amazing ministry content to deliver to people later. I'm meeting with the Lord because I want to be with him and I want to worship him and I want to gaze upon him and learn about him and know him more. I'm not spending time with the Lord so I can get some kind of awesome revelation that's going to make people think I'm so spiritual and cool. That is not what it's about. And I feel like when I've broken off that mentality um, that I'm not going into my quiet time so I can have some kind of really mind-blowing revelation or spiritual experience that I can share to make people think I'm anointed, I have enjoyed my quiet time so much more because there's literally no one I have to answer to about how my quiet time goes. I spend my time with the Lord. He comes and meets with me and it changes my life. So my next tip would be, and this one might be the most practical of all, meditate on scripture. Oh, I love it so much. There's like a million scriptures that are coming to mind about meditating on the word. Um, And one that I'll, I'll mention is Psalm 1. And it talks about those who delight in the Lord and they meditate on it day and night. They're like a tree planted by streams of living water. And in every single season, they prosper. Whatever they do prospers. And so to me, meditating on scripture is so important because I want to be like a tree planted by streams of water. I want my life to be overflowing with the goodness of God. And I want in every season of my life to be prospering no matter what I'm doing in that season. So meditating on scripture is very, very practical. Um, And a few ways that I do this is um, one of them is by journaling the scripture. I like to write it down. Sometimes I'll write scriptures on flashcards and try to memorize it. Um, Sometimes I just write it down because writing helps me to remember because I'm seeing it, I'm visualizing it, and sometimes I write it over and over and over again. Um, Also with that, sometimes I will write down um, a scripture and then underneath it, I'll kind of like 
go line by line and break down what I think that it's actually saying, or I'll look at the context or I'll look at the footnotes or the cross references and see what's actually going on. And I just break it down. I break down like every single line until I see what it's actually saying. And then it's like, it sinks in in a deeper way. So journal it, write it down, memorize scripture. When I was in ministry school, I had to memorize lots and lots and lots of scriptures. And you know, when you're in school, a lot of times if you do like um, that cramming thing where you wait till the last minute, you might remember it for the test, but then you won't be able to remember it a few years later. Unfortunately, some of the scripture I've memorized during ministry school, I cannot remember at all to save my life. But some have really stuck with me, and um, it's a spiritual discipline that I want to be better at, and I want to be more intentional about doing, memorizing scripture, because um, it'll come up in, in your life, and it'll overflow in your conversations, even when you're not trying to be super impressive by remembering the scripture. It's just in you and it just flows out of you. Um, Another way that you can meditate on the word is by speaking it out loud. Um, This is one that I love to do because hearing scripture while I'm reading it also helps me to remember it more. So a lot of times I read the Bible in the morning, like I'm telling a story and that really helps me. And then another way um, is singing scripture. Even if you're not super musical, sometimes I find that I like to sing the scripture and then, um, sing it in different translations and kind of change it up and make it my own, especially if it's the Psalms. You can take those Psalms and reword them and personalize them and make it um, your own. And I just love that. So meditate on scripture. And the next tip that I would have is um, revolves around prayer. So there's several different ways that you can pray, but take the pressure off and remember that you're talking to a real God. God is real and he is really in heaven and he really hears us when we pray. And we have the Holy Spirit inside of us that gives us that constant connection by the blood of Jesus. He's made a way. We have constant connection to the Father by the Holy Spirit. So when you're praying, it doesn't have to be super impressive. He already knows what you're going to pray before you've even prayed it. So you just pray what's on your heart like you're talking to a friend. Um, and if you don't really know how to pray or what to pray, one really good way to start is by praying scriptures that you find in the Bible. Like last week in our quiet time, we unpacked Ephesians 1, 16 through 23. It's like, you might not know how to pray, but the Bible gives us a lot of good examples of how to. And at the end of the day, all prayer really is, is talking to God when he hears us. So, Another way that you can pray is just out of the overflow of your heart. In the same way that you have a conversation with a friend and you just tell them what's on your heart, you just say the words that are inside your heart to say. Tell God how you're feeling about your life. Ask God what He thinks about the decisions that you're making. Pray that God would help the people in your life to prosper in everything they do. You just you just think and you just take time and you just say what comes to your mind and it doesn't have to be impressive. That's one of the biggest things that took me forever to realize. God is not waiting on me to impress him with some crazy prayer that sounds awesome. That's going to be like the soundtrack to a nation. 
Literally, he just wants me to connect with him and speak what's on my heart. But likewise, when you pray, you can ask God what's on his heart. It's like we start in prayer often by praying what's on our heart, but by the end of it, we end up praying what's on his heart. And that's what prayer is all about. It's connection with God. And lastly, my last tip for quiet time is uh, maybe try, especially if sometimes these things can be really dull and you need to add some extra flair to um, make it more interesting, or if you're a very visual person, or if you just want to stretch yourself and this is kind of outside of your comfort zone, one thing that I love about quiet time is creating a physical, um, tangible expression of my time with the Lord. So for me, um, that is oftentimes art. I like to create um, art in my journal, whether that's sketching or painting or, um, you know, in past seasons, it was sometimes collaging. I like to create some kind of expression that I can see visually that is expressing what the Lord has spoken to me in my quiet time. Um, And another expression this is not really my cup of tea, but other people love this, is you can even dance in your quiet time. I know a lot of like (laughs) performing arts type people, dancers, love to dance before the Lord in their time alone with Him. And maybe you're not a dancer and the Lord is going to challenge you and ask you to bring out the flags (laughs) in your quiet time. Hey, just be obedient and do whatever He asks. But that might not be for everyone. So those are my tips for quiet time. I would just want to encourage you wherever you are when it comes to quiet time to take off the pressure. It does not have to be this explosive, mind-blowing, revelatory thing every single time you meet with God. Whether it's morning or night, whether it's in the car or at your kitchen sink, wherever you meet with God, just make it real, make it personal, be honest and transparent before the Lord. He knows everything anyways, so why not? And just enjoy your time with Him. The more you do it, the more you'll love it, and the more it will transform your life. And now here's Jen's tip of the week. If you feel like you are never excited for time with God, or you don't know where to start, try a reading plan or a devotional book. There is nothing wrong with a plan or having structure. Um, One reading plan that I love and I've mentioned before on the podcast is the Psalms reading plan. And with that plan, you read five Psalms a day. If it was the first day of the month, you would read Psalm 1, Psalm 31, Psalm 61, Psalm 91, and Psalm 121. Am I missing one? Maybe. Yeah, that's all. There's not a 151. (laughs) You would read those five Psalms. And then on the second day, you'd read Psalm 2, Psalm 32, Psalm 62, Psalm 92, Psalm 122, and so on and so forth. That has been one of my favorite reading plans ever. And I love to do it all the time. Um, In addition to some other stuff too. Um, One 
One reading plan I also love is Proverbs every day, reading a whole chapter of Proverbs each and every day. It can sometimes feel a little overwhelming, I'm not going to lie, because it's just so rich and so full of so much wisdom. And sometimes I just feel like such a simple little person (laughs) and I'm loading up my mind with like 30 verses of really hard hitting wisdom. And I'm like, wow, 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 wow. How am I ever going to remember to put all of this into play? But if you do, if you read those proverbs all the time, it's going to seem a little bit less overwhelming and more just like a part of your life. Um, there's also tons of great books and devotional resources out there that you can get your hands on. And there's nothing wrong with um, with reading devotional books and using other people's resources to help you in your quiet time. I think um, a lot of times, especially when I first started having a quiet time, I felt like that was like, um, you know, it was like a crutch to have to use um, some kind of reading plan. But really, especially the older that you get, sometimes having a reading plan or like a guide that you can read along with really helps to keep you on track. Um, there's been a season in my life that I also loved reading two chapters in the Old Testament, two chapters in the New Testament, and then my Psalms and Proverbs. Um, And if you stick with that for a long time, you will eventually read the whole Bible. Or maybe you can do a Bible reading plan where you read the whole Bible in a year or less. Um, It's really like the more you do it, the less overwhelming it gets. But like I said, if it feels like quiet time just seems kind of dull and it's just not exciting and you just don't even know where to start, just find a resource. I'm just saying, when I was like 18 years old, I wanted to read the Bible and I just started in Genesis and tried to work through. But as like an 18 year old, I just had no idea what Leviticus was even talking about. And so like just a few chapters in, I was so lost. I was so bored. And I was like, I don't like the Bible, but (laughs) I'm just being honest. But the older that I got, the more I realized that Bible reading plans are super helpful and they help you to stay focused and on track instead of getting confused and disoriented and just quitting altogether. So if you're bored, if you need some inspiration, find a book, find a resource, find an online Bible study and get yourself plugged into that. And now here's Jen's guide to quiet time. Um, Like we dove into Ephesians 1 last week and read the prayer that Paul had for the church at Ephesus, this week I would like to jump into Colossians and um, read the prayer that Paul had for the church of Colossae. Now, um, I have a lot of history with this passage in particular, because whenever I first really started serving God, I went to a girl's Bible study of Colossians one summer, and I remember feeling so simple-minded, and I just could not understand what the scripture was about. Just hearing it being read was like stressful to me because it was so rich, and I had no idea. Like, Paul talks with a lot of run-on sentences, and it was hard for me to keep up, and it was even harder for me to try to break down what he could possibly be saying. So today I'm going to read the Colossians prayer in the Amplified Translation. It says this, oh, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. It says this, For this reason... 
since the day we heard about it, I we have not stopped praying for you, asking specifically that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom, with insight into His purposes, and an understanding of spiritual things, so that you will not Oh, whoops. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, displaying admirable character, moral courage, and personal integrity to fully please Him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God with deeper faith, clearer insight, and fervent love for His precepts. We pray that you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power, according to his glorious might, to attain every kind of endurance with patience and with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. So my questions this week as we dive into this passage. First, why do we need to be filled with the knowledge of his will? And then what is the result of growing in the knowledge of God? What does it mean to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? Think on this season of life that you are in. Are you currently walking in a manner that's worthy of the Lord? And I'd like to challenge you, just like last week, whenever I challenged you to read this uh, this passage in multiple translations, I challenge you to read the Colossians prayer in several translations and dig into it. Pray it out each day over yourself and others and just watch as it unfolds before your eyes. And um, to end, I'd like to end with a prayer. I would like to pray this passage over you in the Passion Translation. So I pray that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your life, making you a reservoir of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. I pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing that you do. Then you'll become fruit bearing a fruit bearing branch, yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. And I pray that you would be energized with all his explosive power from the realm of his magnificent glory filling you with great hope. Your heart can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me this week for Jen's Guide to Quiet Time. And um, if you'd like to stay connected with me, you can find me as always on Instagram at jen.zetrauer. I hope you guys have a fabulous week wherever you are, and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. (laughs) 